President Macron threatens to send NATO troops to Ukraine. Media silence after illegal alien rapes and murders college student. Crazy airman lights himself on fire in support of Palestine. And Mitch McConnell steps down as minority leader. All that and more on today's episode of Contemporary Insanity. The views expressed in this episode do not represent the opinions or values of Kentucky Wesleyan College. Please don't sue us. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Braden Jennings. And I'm John Payment. And welcome back to this week's episode of Contemporary Insanity, a show that highlights and discusses the realm of American politics and interviews guests on the origins of their own political beliefs. All right, welcome back. How's everybody doing today? Doing good. Fantastic. Um, Evan, welcome back on. We you were on um, last week's podcast, so it's it's nice to bring you back. Um, Dylan's not with us, so maybe it'll be a little bit less hectic. But let's um, let's jump right in. So, John, why don't you uh, why don't we start off with you? Why don't you open us up for our first story? So the first story is Macron saying nothing ruled out, including sending Western troops t- to fight Russia to stop the Ukraine war. And this is stupid. <laughs> what do y'all think about it? <laughs> well, uh, I think it shows desperation on the one hand. I think uh, I think a big problem um, that is kind of overlooked is you know, the, the public support for the war, um, the proxy war in America, is dwindling. Um, I think the Tucker Carlson interview has had an effect on that. Um, and I just think as the war's gone on, it's, it's becoming more apparent that Ukraine is not going to win and we really don't have any business supporting it, um, at least anymore. Um, I think most Americans would agree with that. I think the government would agree with you too, because um, almost all the NATO countries in response to this, the ones that actually did respond, said that no, Macron, we we do not back this. This is a terrible idea. We don't want to send troops to Ukraine, um, and they were pretty adamant about that. So I don't think we have anything to worry about. Putin doesn't want to. He doesn't want a war with us either. So. No, and uh, on your public support uh, point, public support in Europe is different than in America. The public in Europe really supports sending more weapons because they're actually scared of Russia for some reason. I, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's funny because the U, in the U.S., our support was more... It was indirect support. It was it was more like an expression of empathy than it was actually like we need boots on the ground, you know, defending Ukraine. Most support in America by citizens was, like I said, just it was empathetic and not actionable, if that makes sense. Yeah. I know early on, uh, well, Facebook changed its rules so you could threaten violence against Russian people. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Even early on, Americans' support was all the way on Ukraine and hating Russia. And now we've kind of realized that Ukraine is a shithole country, just like Russia's a shithole country. (laughs) So they don't deserve our support. I wanted to uh, ask you guys about what you thought about, like, the reception to the the Putin interview by Tucker. Because, you know, I mean, this is obviously, you know, in Europe and France in particular and just NATO— but I mean, United States public opinion, public opinion is actually, like, I, I believe, I think is um, really valued by uh, NATO and you know around the world because you know if, if the American public is strongly against it, that that does have a an effect on 
um, decisions, the decisions that are being made. So, um, do you guys think the Tucker interview um, had a large effect on like how people view the funding, how people view the war? Yeah, I think it made people view the war less favorably than they did before. But I also think people on the right in America trust Putin way too much. Like they yeah. take it, they take him <clears throat> at face value, not realizing that he's a crazy dictator that kills his political opponents. Yeah, they get on, uh, they get on Twitter and they're like, "Hey." You see what they're doing down there in Russia? You see their gas prices? Did you see their uh, grocery store prices? I want to live in Russia now. When, since when did people on the right start fantasizing about living in Russia and how, and talking about how amazing it is? These are the sons and daughters of the boomer generation who thought, "Oh my God, you know." The Red Scare. We're going. You know, we're going to go to war with Russia at any moment. There's going to be nuclear fallout. And now you're having their kids who are like, "Well, it's not that bad." Well, it's it's the pendulum because the media and the left attacked Russia as being associated with Trump so much. People on the right were like, "Okay, if they hate them, we should like them," and not rationally thinking about anything. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think public support has probably gone a little more uh, against the funding since the interview. However, I think um, if I'm Putin, I think I would have at least because you know at the beginning of the interview he took what 45 minutes to explain the history. So I mean, if if I, if I were Putin, I would I would have started out with something that a Western audience could digest a little better. Um, so I, I don't think Putin really capitalized on you know trying to get um, Americans to be you know, against the funding. I mean, I don't know if that was even what he was, what his primary objective was, but I think he could have done a better job, um, at least from from his standpoint. I think the opening was important because Americans don't realize how Europeans view history. Like we view history in short increments and don't look back. And in most of Europe, they look at their history going back thousands of years to lay their claims on their countries. Like even Hungary, in the Hungary Parliament building, they have a statue of their first king in 1000. Like <clears throat> Europeans are, Europe is older than America and the people there know it and uh, learn it like it is older. All right. So doom and gloom. Evan, I'm sure you've seen this. Aaron Bushnell, an active duty U.S. Air Force member, set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. The man repeatedly said, free Palestine, and appeared to live stream the protests Sunday <coughs> afternoon on a platform known as Twitch. Um... Bushnell is um, been touted for posting anti-Israel um, posts on Reddit, saying things such as "Israel is a white supremacist ethno-nationalist settler colonial state, and it has no right to exist." Again, this man, in practice of self-immolation, set himself on fire in front of the United States Embassy. Horrible video, Evan. What are your thoughts? Um. Honestly, I don't think there's a whole lot to say. I think it's obviously terrible. Um, very, very uh, visceral. Very, um, you know, shocking thing to do. Obviously, um, I think it shows that you know the people, a lot of like on the more progressive left wing, younger people um, feel very, very strongly about um, the Gaza Strip. 
and Palestine and what's going on right now with um, the response to October 7th. So I think it's a difficult issue. I think it's going to be a difficult issue uh, for Biden going into um, 2024. Uh, we saw on the Michigan primary, this is a little bit of a, a diversion, but um, the Michigan primary, you had over 100,000 people voting um, uncommitted because there is a large, uh, there's a large Arab population in Michigan. And I think there's just a lot of people that are um, on, the, on the far left that are really against um, what's going on in on the Gaza Strip. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. Biden's administration has touted support for Israel throughout um, this entire time. So Not really. They're like... Publicly, he has. Privately, he has been against a lot of it. Yeah, he's gone to Netanyahu and told him to stop bombing stuff. And Netanyahu's like, hey, your citizens are still trapped here. What are you talking about? Even a few days ago, Biden said he had a cease. He expected a ceasefire in a few days, and that's not realistic. But this uh, this uh, solar airmen protesting it shows how little these people actually know about the conflict. Because, like you said, he said it was a white settler nation when the majority of Jews in Israel are from Arab countries that were expelled by their Arab, by the Arab populations living there. And the uh, claims of war crimes make no sense when you look at the amount of munitions dropped and the amount of deaths. It doesn't add up. Like, I think it was for every one bomb dropped, uh, a quarter of a person died, which doesn't make sense if they're trying to kill the entire population of Gaza. And uh, they talk, uh, people talk about um, Israel shutting down power and... Why would you supply power to a population that is actively trying to kill yours? Uh, people talk about um, hospitals being attacked and mosques being attacked, but there's clear evidence going back to the early 2000s of Hamas using hospitals and mosques as armories. So it makes sense for Israel to target the known armories and... Uh, when civilians are hit, it's in uh, fast-paced attacks that are meant to take out Hamas leadership, which if you're going to warn someone that you're coming, you're not going to get the leader. So it makes sense for them to act quickly in those situations. The, um, as this, as this um, response from Israel has gone on, the war in Gaza it has become increasingly unpopular. Um, throughout Europe and in America. Um, and like I was just talking about, um, Joe Biden has a, has a real problem electorally um, with this issue because there is a, a large faction of, of the left that um, is very against um, this response. And like I just talked about in Michigan, there's a large Arab population. And if you recall, um, Trump won Michigan in 2016 by 10,000 votes. Okay. Uh, in 20, 2020, I believe Biden won by... It was like um, 150,000. Okay. So, I mean, pretty, we're talking about pretty thin margins here um, for Michigan, which is a obviously a very um, important swing state. So, if, you know, if Biden can't get these, some of these people, um, these pro Palestine left wing types to, um, to, come, to come out for him in November, I mean, this is, a, uh, this is a serious electoral problem for Joe Biden. And this, 
the support dwindling for the Israeli conflict is really only among young leftists, which is the voting, which is the voting um, populace that Biden is trying to get the hardest. He's paying uh, influencers to young influencers to push his ideology on social media, like the people like Harry Session and uh, Chris something. A hairy guy is just obnoxious. Yeah, then there's, there's there's those two brothers. And they're not brothers, they're friends, but they're both being endorsed by the Biden administration. Yeah, they're they're being paid over $200,000 by them, or by the DNC. Are those the two guys that were on Tim Dillon's podcast? Yes. Yeah. You watch Tim Dillon? Yeah. I love Tim Dillon. I think yeah, he's hilarious. I like, I like his takes on things. They're 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 silly, but you know, they're funny. Yeah. I saw him um Saw him live in, in like September. Yeah, me and, me and John went and saw him in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Nice. Was that which? Uh, it was in Lexington. Did you, and you saw him this past September? Yeah. I wonder which special that was. American Royalty. Oh, that's a tour. Is that the that's the one where he's sitting like on the throne? Yeah, that's that's the one me and you went to. Yeah, he talked about he talked about RFK. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Was it like around the time when he had him on for the podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we saw him. We saw him just recently. Okay. But yeah, he, he's really funny. I believe he's he like supports RFK um, more than the others. <laughs> I mean, someone someone with a leftist viewpoint and is logical would support RFK over any other candidate. They're it's, RFK or uh, West Cornell West. The RFK question is um, for me as a Trump supporter, it's actually concerning. Um, my intuition tells me that he's going to take more Trump voters. However, it's it looks pretty close at the, when you look at the polling. I could also see a lot of old Democrats um, going for RFK with the, you know the Kennedy name, and you know they don't love Biden. Kind of old school Democrats, but I think there's also a lot of like like the Tim Dillon like barstool conservative types, more libertarian like going out for going out for RFK. So I think it. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. I think in the end, he pulls more from Biden because leftists don't like Biden right now, and the Trump supporters will come home in the end. Uh, I'm concerned that there's a surprisingly large number of voters, the young people that do actually vote, who get their opinions off like Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson, and it's like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Or Taylor Swift. It's just a bunch of gym bros who are, you know... Well, at least they might vote for Trump if they're getting their people. <laughs> I don't know. Um, like, if they're listening to them, they aren't going to vote for Biden. Or they shouldn't vote for Biden if they're thinking logically. You know, yeah. We don't have to talk about the election, but I, I have a strong intuition that Biden's not going to win. And I, I, I assuming Trump's the only logical candidate not in my own personal belief, but like just in terms of who would be most likely to win, it, it's gonna by the numbers, it's Trump. I think it's gonna end up being Nikki Haley versus Michelle Obama. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> and I will go out and vote Libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hate, I hate to use the term throwaway vote for third party, but like, I mean, you're just you're just it's sympathy at that point. There's no there's nothing you can do. And I can't in my right mind vote for Nikki Haley. Do you like Nikki Haley, Evan? Absolutely not. No? Okay, you're logical. That's good. <laughs> um, let's see. Mitch McConnell 
John's favorite person. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, the longest-serving Senate Party leader in history, said Wednesday that he would step down from his leadership role in November, yielding to both the pressures of age and the rapid changes in the Republican Party. He is 82 years old, and he has served in the Senate for 39 years. Good. He's gone. Thank God. He's been serving for double our ages. Yes. And it's good that he's gone, and I hope he stays gone, and no one like him takes his place. <laughs> except you, except whenever you become... Well, somewhere. I'm not like him, <laughs> so I hope Massey ends up running for Senate for some reason. Yeah, I don't think there's much to say about this other than good riddance. Um, people on the right hate him, people on the left hate him. This, this is a guy that is the epitome of career Louisville's, politician. Louisville's loved him for years. Well, who do you think is going to take his place is the important question here, because whoever takes his place is going to lead the Republican Senate into the next presidency. Whoever, somebody that likes Trump and Trump backs. Will it be? Because it could, it could be another squish. They could throw up, like, Liz Cheney or something. Is Liz Cheney, I thought she lost. Is she out of the Senate? Yeah, she's, uh, she's done. Yeah. Uh, it could be someone like that that's another squish. I heard uh, one take. They want Senator Grassley, the 90-year-old <laughs> senator, to take his place. It's only it's only fitting. Let's get another t- good 10 years out of him. I personally want rant ball. That's... Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Do you see do you see him running for another presidential election? I he I thought he was going to put in his name. Are you a big Rand Paul guy? At the early, uh, this yeah. year. He was teasing. Remember he was like, "Oh, I have a big announcement to make." And everybody No, he thought, was te- he was teasing who he was going to endorse, and his endorsement was just anyone but Nikki Haley. <laughs> John, yeah, he, he was like, "I have a big surprise," and then he just shit on Nikki Haley for like 15 yeah. minutes. John, who do you uh, like more, Ron Paul or Rand Paul? Ron Interesting. I got to go with the original. What do you all think about this statement? Because there, um, I was having a discussion with one of the other interns about this the other day, and it doesn't have anything to do with the topics that I've written down. But I was telling him because, you know, I'm conservative, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of a weird conservative. I'm I'm very pro America. I'm very um, patriotic. You know, I'm pro military. Um, but John's always, you know, obviously he's an extreme libertarian. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's fitting to say that. Um, but the guy I was speaking with, he happens to be a, a communist. Like he is a member of the National Communist Party. Um, he signed up to their newsletter, whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they do. But I told him because he, you know, obviously he's pro socialism, and I said socialism a socialist utopia is just as crazy as an extreme libertarian utopia and given that you are both you're a libertarian right no you're not i thought you told me you were a libertarian no. okay anyways what do you all think about that statement do you think it's crazy well yeah they're both hoping for a stateless society only libertarians take human uh reason into consideration because we don't think people are going to naturally help each other they're going to naturally help themselves i don't think communism is Stateless, you know, necessarily a it stateless is, society. It is. Uh, they're, well, it wasn't like they're, that in the USSR. Well, their goal, yeah, because <laughs> the goal uh, put on by Marx is to have a stateless society where everyone helps everyone. But in practice, it always ends up with someone taking power and being an authoritarian. 
because they don't take human reason in cons- into consideration. So do you do you want a stateless society? Do you want are you like an anarcho or anarcho capitalist libertarian? Like are you uh, like an Ayn Rand like? That kind of I'm not completely Ayn Rand. Okay. <laughs> Objectivist or whatever? <laughs> no, I, I do think the state needs to exist for certain things, like the protection of the border and for national defense. But for most of the things that the state does, it no, doesn't need to be doing it. So, um, sorry, one of the key... One of the key points made in the Declaration of Independence is the s- securing of rights and how the government is allowed to secure one's rights. So what do you think is the limit for the government to secure people's rights? I'll give you my answer, but I'd like to hear yours I mean, first. Yeah, the, the government securing rights is just saying, as the government, I won't mess with you. But in what? But how does a government secure one's rights that they're guaranteed by the state of nature? I know it's kind of corny, but this, you're guaranteed right yeah, to the life, right, liberty, the, and the pursuit of happiness or property. What do you... How does the government... What is the way that the government can uh, secure one's rights without taking them away. The only person that can take away your rights is someone in power over you. So that is either the government or a large corporation. So the way that the government would not interfere with your rights is to not uphold giant corporations and to not interfere with your rights themselves. The government securing your rights is saying, hey, these are things we won't touch We'll stay out of it. Do you agree with John Locke when he says that the government is a artificial entity? Yeah. It's not natural. It's something that we build to... Totally disagree. <laughs> totally disagree. I, kn- I knew that he would disagree is, on that. I had a feeling. To... I was like, I'm going to bring this up because I, I think he disagrees with so, this. So, wait, you repeat that? So, you, what do so you think? John Locke argues that, that man is natural. Man has natural rights. Man has those natural rights, even in a state where the government doesn't exist. Okay, but so, the statement you just said about government being like... So his unnatural. argument is that man is is natural in the state of nature, but man came out of nature and formed a social contract which created society, and in society they needed government to secure those rights, so they created government. Okay, Government so. is inherently artificial because it is not made... Naturally, it was made. It was man-made unnaturally. Okay. Well, what I would say is, you know, power is natural. There is a natural hierarchy that always arises out of nature, um, and that is what government is. You know, it is the power structure um, that arises. So, and I believe I believe government is totally necessary. Um, and I'm not necessarily even against the big government. Um, John, would you like? I, I just kind of want to get an idea. Would you be uh, like in favor of privatizing like roads and other yes. kinds of roads? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I used to kind of you know be a little, be a little more uh, sympathetic to to that kind of thinking, but uh, I've just I think I said this on the last po- on the last podcast I've done a 180 um, almost completely on. And I agree, and I agree with you, Evan, because I don't see I don't look as go- I don't look at government as being a naturally bad thing. I know a lot of people have a negative connotation of government, especially people on the right, naturally. But what I find interesting is you know we have a nation of what 300 and. What are we at? 30, 40 million people? Yeah, 340 million people. The founders did not intend our nation to be this large. So in order to secure everyone's rights, their natural rights, and the rights that are guaranteed to them by the Constitution, they've had to establish a larger government in order to secure those rights. Because if not, 
then some people's rights would be secured and protected while others wouldn't be. This is why you need decentralization and localization. So on roads, maybe not entirely privatized, but at least localize roads, like even with highways and everything, like they are now, it works. Like no one feels like road construction is getting in their way of life. But on protection of rights, it needs to be a local thing, not the government doing crazy things to protect everyone's rights because if you're protecting someone in the city's rights you might be hurting someone in the country's rights or if you're uh, protecting someone on the west coast you might be hurting someone on the east coast it's not the federal government's job to do this it's over bloated and full of nonsense you need small communities protecting themselves well that's why our constitution outlines the most important rights that the federal government protects the rights that you're guaranteed by being an american citizen yeah but the federal government wasn't in charge of doing that until the 14th Amendment. That would well, then how does it, so then the, the 14th Amendment said the federal government is in charge of protecting these rights. Uh, I forgot mm-hmm. which clause it was, but the point was to just say these rights should be protected, and then it was the state's job to protect those rights. It wasn't the federal government's so, job. So, yet. Okay, so in your mind, okay, let's. Let's look at this for a moment. Okay, let's say that everything is privatized and it's all, I assume, at the state level or local level, would our state, would this, in your mind, give state legislatures more power? Yes. So we should give, so you essentially you want to not disband the federal government totally because you agree that we should have a national military. You're a federalist. Yes. You're a federalist. Yes, I am a federalist. Okay. <laughs> I, ju- uh, I, don't I agree if, with the founders. <laughs> I just, I don't know, I don't. On most I, things, I agree with the founders. Well, I think me and John would agree is the current state of the federal government is totally, um, it's it's all messed up, okay? Uh, I would clean house. In what way? So, like, you know, I'm sure John wants to, you know, get rid of all of these um, departments and um, alphabet agencies. I think that we should absolutely, at least at the very minimum, clean house, get new people in there. I think the government... You want to fire everybody? Just yeah, by I mean, tomorrow or just like yes, slowly? tomorrow, yes, fire like everyone. The vast majority of a lot of these people, um, they just have to go. I think Trump has talked about doing that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like it's, it is it is very inefficient in some ways. Like you know, there's I'm a lot put, of corruption. I, I agree with... I agree that the, the current system sucks. Um, but when it comes to like authoritarianism and big government in general, like... Uh, like philosophically, I don't, I don't see a problem with it inherently. Why, why does our big government suck? Because of the people, the people that run. Why it. do they suck? Because they're they're immoral, they're corrupt. They're, Who's immoral? I mean, there are many reasons. They're college educated, and the colleges suck. <laughs> I'm pushing back here just because yeah, I look, so because it's look, easy for me to say, oh well, it sucks. But there you, will always I, be I want to hear what your reason. Oh, they're bad people. So, well, so why the are they people, bad people in power. The people in the bureaucracy. Oh, so it's people in power. Yes, it's not the, people with just. It's not the people. Yeah, that the you, people in power are the people in bureaucratic jobs. The power doesn't sit at the top right now. The power sits in the bureaucracy, and the bureaucracy is a bunch of people with, uh, like a four-year college degree that don't know much about the job that they have. They just sit at their desk all day and. Those type people up are things. just trying to make a living. They're not trying to gain. They're not trying to. They're not holding any power. They're just no, doing but their job. They have their own personal beliefs, and most of them come from D.C which is a liberal stronghold, so they instill D.C. ideology into something that is affecting everyone in the country. And when they go to these universities, they're instilling these ideas that they get from their universities into people around the country, and that doesn't work for everyone. 
Okay, so if you disband the federal jobs, the the bureaucracies in the federal government, does that also apply to engineers and scientists who who are government employees who work for government agencies? When was the last time the government invented something that was effective? All of our engineers and scientists that are working on developing new technology who have contracts with defense companies who are Those building Those are private the rockets, companies that are building them. Like, they, oh, contract them to, they contract them as government employees, and so these government employees end up building parts for these companies so that they can give them okay, to the federal okay, government. Here. Who is building rockets better, Boeing or SpaceX? The answer is obviously SpaceX. Boeing is slow and filled with government bureaucracy. Because Boeing has been a government uh, contractor for so long, they have to split up their production throughout multiple states. They have to go through crazy testing processes that don't make sense for each individual part. But because SpaceX is new and they weren't a government contractor for the early part of their operations and they aren't primarily a government contractor... They can just blow stuff up and make changes along the way. And that works better for inventions and making stuff happen. I mean, look, I'm not necessarily against people having public jobs, public works projects. I'm not even necessarily against bureaucracy in general. Well, you just said you would clear house, no, I so I don't, yes, I don't I said, understand I'm, that. So here's a distinction. I'm not against the bureaucracy. I'm not against having eight public you know, agencies. Um, what I am against is the people that are currently running it. Does that make sense? So how would you replace it? And f- how I would, would replace you, it with people that are well, you would m- end up, aligned with my interest and I, that I thought were... So you would... so Okay, so you would be in power. You would be in complete sole power and you would change everything. Yes. And you would be the one who is in charge of hiring all these people or would well, you hire I mean, people that have I, similar I interests? I could delegate. I mean, if, t- if I was president... Like, is that democratic? Maybe not. Okay, so, exactly. So we're arguing our utopia like fantasy. This is not realistic. This is just, oh, well, I'd love if this happened, but well, it's, realis- not, it's no, not realistic. Realistically, you can cut out 90% of the bureaucracy. The stuff that needs That's not, to exist. No, it, it's, it's not. It I'm is. sorry. It is not realistic to do that. You can say it in your mind, oh, well, it would work, but it is not realistic. How many people, do you know how many people work for the government? Millions. Okay. Do you think it would be realistic to just fire millions of people tomorrow? Yes. How? Argentina did it. They Argentina had, still has a high poverty rate, and their inflation's out of fucking okay, control. It's, it's been three okay. months. Argentina they did it. is a lot different than the U.S. They, yeah, they, they, you're scale. comparing apples to bicycles. They balanced the budget within three months. We can do that. It will hurt for the short term, but in the end, it will be better. You can get in and fire a bunch of people. You can get rid of the Department of Education. It's not necessary. Since the Department of Education has been instituted, test scores have gone down. You can get rid of the FBI. The U.S. Marshals basically do the same thing, and they have better results. You can shrink the CIA to only spy on foreign nations and not on American citizens. You can get rid of the NSA because all they do is effectively break the Fourth Amendment. You can get rid of most of these organizations because they don't add anything of value to this country. They just slow processes down or get involved in a business that they aren't meant to. That's a wild statement that they don't do anything. (laughs) They've done, I mean, they've done a lot. Some have a function, right? Like, I I wouldn't paint it necessarily. I mean, mean, the the FBI, they've put people behind jail. They've... The marshals do the same thing 
and they have better results. The FBI is full of unnecessary bureaucracy and does political things that they don't need to. The, you can get rid of a, you can get rid of the administrative staff and the FBI and move the field agents over to the marshals and you will have better results overall. So we would just have nobody processing paperwork and keeping tracks of, of documents and no, you would move it over to the marshals and you would streamline that paperwork. Cause have you ever filled out government paperwork? Yes, I have a job where I work for the government. Is it streamlined? It is. So here's okay. So here's the process of at least at the state level of of. I'm just any government paperwork is it streamlined? No. <laughs> well, okay, like I okay. For example, we have a committee meeting. I fill out a review of what happened in committee, and I send it to someone who uploads it into the files. I was there and I was present at the meeting, and I'm a part of that committee, so I'm the one who writes it, and then I send it to somebody else. Okay. So how was so what's like so, in that scenario? What's wrong with that situation? I'm not talking about the um, bill passing process. Yeah, like, paperwork's a pain in the ass. Like, but you have to no, fill out paperwork at the private level too. You think you act like all these corporations don't have to fill out bullshit paperwork too? Yeah, I have a problem with the corporations yeah. too. The government is something that the people small can businesses fix. have to keep paperwork and keep track of files yes. and documents of clients and information. They they can streamline it to make it more efficient. Right now, the government is overbloated. To fill out Social Security information, you have to fill out four different things, mail two different letters, just to get a new Social Security card. I'm not that can that can be one piece of paper. To get a job in the DoD, a civilian lifeguard job in the DoD, it was a four month process for me. Getting a background check, filling out pages and pages of paperwork. It could be a one one step process. And you know, and I don't disagree with you in that sense. It's just that. I think there are ways that we could fix that and still have government employees and, and make it work. The problem is that you say, well, we need to fix this. Let's just fire everyone. Do you realize how much money that would cost to rehire and how much training that would cost? Well, how much I'm training cost that would be to don't employ? Don't rehire. You get rid then of the, the who, job. Okay, who works for the government then? Then, okay, look at, tell, describe me a government where we have no departments or agencies. You have like three or four agencies that take the load that all the agencies right now currently have. And do you think and that you, that's suitable? Yes, and you streamline all the processes so a bunch of agencies have overlapping responsibilities like the CDC and the uh, NIH. They have similar things that they do. You can turn that into one agency, fire half the staff from both, and any paperwork they do, streamline it. Any research they do, streamline it so it's together for, again, FBI and U.S. Marshals. Fire most of the people, bring them into one organization, streamline all the processes. Uh, with with Twitter, it was an overbloated bureaucracy. Elon Musk got in, fired 90% of the staff. Twitter still works, right? So you can do this with government agencies. You don't need millions of people to process paperwork. You can do it with 10. Evan, you're just sitting, sitting on menacingly. Discuss this adequately. Um, I think we just have a disagreement here. We're kind of, uh, kind of got a... Um, I agree with the issues. I think just the way we approach these issues, I just... I. Personally, I disagree. Yeah, with. That's why I'm a libertarian and you're a Republican. <laughs> we have to agree to disagree. <laughs> right. We don't. Here's the thing, guys. Nobody's opinion really matters. We're just we're just having fun here. Yeah, it only matters when the revolution comes. Whoever wins. <laughs> it only matters. Exactly. It only. 
It only matters who wins the war. Now, let's see. Moving on to even brighter topic. Uh, Lakin Riley, a 22-year-old nursing student, was out on her morning run, and she was kidnapped and killed. Um, she attended the University of Georgia. Um, this sent shockwaves throughout the campus in the United States. And like John, I'm sure, will explain, the um, man who was arrested was a Venezuelan man who entered the U.S. illegally. And, uh, yeah, so that's that. Fun, fun, fun. (laughs) Well, the disgusting thing about this is on Twitter, people are blaming her because she fought back against him trying to rape her. People are defending the man that attempted to rape her and killed her just because he's an illegal immigrant. And according to these people on the left, illegal immigrants can't do anything wrong. They're perfect people that are a bright spot in our nation. It's just This is just an outrage. Um, this is somebody that should not have been here. <laughs> no, this is, this is something that kidding. could be... That's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> this, uh, is, this is something that could have been avoided by securing our border, which is something we should have done a long time ago. But for some reason, people think it's racist to have a country that doesn't let anyone in. Especially illegally. Yeah. <laughs> you know... <clears throat> I'm sure there's people from Canada, you know, that sneak in, but there's far no. less people that do that. Well, we should just annex Canada anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen? There's a map that shows the Louisiana Purchase, and there's a bit of the Louisiana Purchase that got cut off when we did our negotiations for going uh, west with the UK. And there's a large section of people on Twitter. I think it had like 200,000 likes and a few hundred thousand comments. Um, of people wanting to retake the land and (laughs) it was glorious and we should definitely retake all the land that Canada stole from us when we negotiated that yeah you you hate the heat so maybe you you would like it maybe if we could just make our state you know take our hat back and you know maybe move up to the cold for a little bit how many provinces do they have 13 get 13 new states why not? A couple good cities. Nice farmland. Shitty cities. <laughs> shitty. We could, you know, give them to New York and be like, yeah, it's close enough. No, they, it's turn, gonna in, be they, shitty, Detroit, they turn into Detroit overnight. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a sanctuary city like that. Oh, my God. They already they are. Saying, they are. Yeah, but like, you know. They, they don't the get US. the effects because people get to America and don't leave. <laughs> and people in Canada are just nicer, so... Uh, I'm sure they have homeless people, but it's funny for me to imagine like there's a homeless person on their street and they're like, oh, yeah, come on inside. I'll give you some free food. Well, there was that lady in uh, Boston that is basically basically a slave now because she let illegal immigrants into her house. <laughs> <laughs> she let them into her house and she's like, yeah, they're great. They clean. They cook for me. I don't have to do anything. I just let them live here. It's like, oh, the, the Democrats rediscovered slavery. Great. <laughs> they're like, uh, free labor. <laughs> Why not? I mean, anytime they argue for illegal immigration, there's like, who else is going to pick the food? <laughs> isn't it, sorry, isn't it so discouraging that you see those videos and like the uh, the border police would just be standing there just holstering their weapons 
as like they just say like, "Hey, how are you doing?" As like six thousand people walk past them, yeah, it's <laughs> and they're like, "We don't know." <laughs> they're so like, "We don't just... know what to do." <laughs> like we've been here for two years, and they just keep coming, and like we have no updates. Yeah, that it's gross, and uh, even on top of that, the border patrol helps facilitate child uh, trafficking. Like, people will come over the borders, and because Biden got rid of DNA testing at the border for kids with adults, the Border Patrol will give them their $3,000 of government or of taxpayer money, put them on a bus, and send them wherever they want to go. And the uh, the head of the Border, border Patrol Union uh, was talking to Dr. Phil, and he said, yeah, we know we are facilitating child sex trafficking. We know we're doing it. So if they know they're doing it, why is it still happening? Because the elites don't want it to stop happening. So no, but people at the at the bottom level know they are helping in sex trafficking. Why don't they stop? I don't know. Well, it, I don't it know. really. I mean, it comes from the top at the end of the day. Um, yeah, but you don't have to follow orders that are wrong. I think people are well. People are like, well, I have a good job. I get paid well. You know, it's like. People are willing to sacrifice a lot to Yeah, they to made the, the same arguments the about family. the Nazi guards at concentration camps. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not arguing it for them. <laughs> or I'm not going there, but uh No, they should stop they should stop doing what their superiors are telling them. I mean, okay. No, it, they are they are helping child sex trafficking. That is one of the worst things you can do. They're not Okay, they're not. They are giving. They're not betting. They are, are, betting. They are giving the traffickers money and giving them a plane ticket to wherever they want to go. Okay, well, there are also plenty of uh, border patrol agents who are totally against um, what's going on, and they want more resources. They want, um, you know, more capability, and they just they're just not able to do what they need to be able to do on a mass scale. Yeah, but they're still following the orders that they're given. If you're given a bad order, don't follow it. Right, so blame the people that are giving the orders. And the people that are following <clears throat> the orders. Okay, well, if, they don't, if, they don't, if you don't follow the orders, then they can just fire those people. Um, yeah, unless it happens, you know. And, I, you know, I think they may be aware that... And, he, and that's not really a fair argument, because even though that some may think that they're embedding this behavior to keep happening, it's not like it's very open that it's happening. Like, they just see these people crossing the border. There's there's all kinds of people crossing the border. There's Chinese people that are, that are crossing the border. There's Middle East, South um, South American, really not many Hispanic, uh, surprisingly. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm not blaming Border Patrol because it's the agents who work for them. It's not it's not their fault. I Like Evan said, I blame. I blame the elites. I blame people in government. They are not doing. They're not doing a good job. Our leaders are not doing a good job, and I think that there's a conspiratorial reason why that this keeps happening. But you know, you don't have to go down that rabbit hole. What's your conspiracy? I, well, I, I've um, I've entertained a couple of them. I don't know how you all feel about this, but there's the argument that they're bringing in these individuals to vote blue now. Yeah, that, I think that's the, that's the most logical one. Another one that I heard was that some, I don't know where this come from. I think somebody who inside who maybe works with politicians at the congressional level, but apparently a politician behind closed doors um, 
said that we should allow these people to come in, but in return they have to be service members of our military. Well, uh, so then service for have, citizenship is already a thing, and uh, two senators, a Democrat and a Republican, uh, sponsored a bill to incentivize illegal immigrants to join the military. So that's so not super crazy, but I think. I didn't know that. I just had heard a politician was talking about it. I didn't know they had actually filed bills. I forgot the names, but yeah, there there was a bill sponsored. It was mm. like, uh, like the Love of America Act or something. What do you all think about that? Well, with the first thing you said, I mean, there's there's no doubt that Democrats um, directly benefit from immigration. It's it's just a statistical um, inevitability when you bring all these people here that consistently vote blue. Um, this country will become a one-party state. It's honestly, at this point, it's irreversible to some degree. Texas will be blue. And when that happens, Republicans will be completely uncompetitive um, on the national scale, electorally. And, and this is just another reason why 2024 is so important, because if there isn't um, radical change in our immigration policy, then, uh, I mean, our whole con- the whole country is going to um, it's, it's going to be a lot different, and um, like I said, you know, te- when Texas goes blue, um, all, all these other swing states as well. So um, do you. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a really big problem for Republicans. I don't. I run into the woods. <laughs> I don't know though. You know, I've had this. I've noticed this, and um, this is just me talking out my ass. I will say Democrats have better style than Republicans. For sure. What like, do you mean by that? Yeah. Wh- so in the state legislature in Kentucky, what I've noticed, the Democrats, the male Democrats, are way better public speakers. Mm. And they have they have real drip, mm. real nice outfits. They know how to dress. They know how to present themselves. I know what you mean. They're very they're very passionate. And then it's embarrassing because the Republicans will get up there and they'll like stutter and like sound like rednecks. And well, it's like, all, oh my God. I think that also has to do with where they come from. Like the Democrats are coming from Louisville and yeah. Lexington. They're coming from cities. I yeah, know, exactly. but still. The Republicans are coming from some hall or somewhere. <laughs> some of them. There's some Democrats that came from rural areas, but. Um, it's, that's totally, that's a totally um, true point. Um, I mean, I find, I'm fine with, like, you know, being from the country, but it's just, like, it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, liberals are cool. Like, let's just face it. Like, yeah. conservatives are really not, okay? The only cool conservative is Donald Trump, okay? And that's why he won, largely. Um, but, yeah, like— He's that, an interesting personality. A lot well, of Republicans and, are annoying. But yeah, and he, guess what else? He comes from New York, okay? He was a celebrity, like, all that stuff. Um, I mean, that's huge in politics. And like you said, like the little things, um, you know, how well spoken somebody is, how they how they dress, all that. And um, that's appealing to young people. Like yep. if you're a, if you're a young person and you see some old man who's just going on some rant about why we should take away welfare, if you're not well endowed on the effects that could have on the economy and um, our system of governance, that. That guy who's arguing against well, you're gonna you're gonna take away money from poor people? What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Obviously, a young person who you know may not know anything about politics is gonna be like, yeah, what the hell, man? You're gonna you're gonna take away money? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna pay off our college debt? So we need less people voting. <clears throat> That's yeah. no, that is not the solution. That is the solution. We just need people to be well informed. Yeah, so no, less people voting. 
Uh, I think I touched on this in the last podcast. Liberals, like, they create the culture, and then all conservatives do is just react to it. They so. just try to take everything away. No, that's right. like what's going on in conservative circles right now is conservatives are trying to make culture. And uh, sometimes it's good and sometimes it is overly cringy. Yeah, I know. And that's why, like... Like the Ben Shapiro rap song was overly I haven't, cringy. I haven't thought about switching parties, but, I mean, I am a registered Republican, but, like, it is kind of... Sometimes it is kind of embarrassing. I'm going to register Democrat just to vote for Vermin Supreme. I know that was. Did you ever? Did you see that? The wizard dude. No. He wants uh, mandatory toothbrushes, so the government is going to issue toothbrushes to everyone. Um, what's what's his name? Vermin Supreme. All right, they. Get, I'm going to put this up to the mic. They got to hear this guy. Supreme. Yes. Supreme, like supreme. Yeah, leader. Vermin okay. Supreme. <laughs> he wears a shoe on his head. Oh, I thought he was wearing a wizard like. He's wearing a shoe. <laughs> let me get. Let me look up. He is the wisest man in politics right now. Let's see. Um. Yeah, you sent me the video. I didn't listen to all of it, but I listened to like a couple minutes of it. Uh, he wants a. Space Force with space battleships so we can fight the aliens. Oh, he's wearing like a giant shoe, like a boot on yes. his head. <laughs> what the hell? All right, let's see. Vermin Supreme will take away your guns and give you better ones. Of course, it wouldn't be a New Hampshire primary without my favorite perennial candidate. And again, he's real. What? He said, we will take away your guns and give, give you, you better, better ones. <laughs> See, I'm all for that. That's the kind of politician I want. We'll take your ARs and your semi-automatic rifles. No, I'm all we'll for... we'll give you a tank. Here's the deal. Here's my solution for keeping the ATF as an organization. They have to give every 16-year-old a rifle. Do y'all like the idea? What if we just disbanded... What if we just went full-on, like, just eliminate the federal government and we... Just give U.S. citizens all of our U.S. military equipment, but still have the laws remain as is. Like, so you can't obviously destroy someone's property. We'll we'll still enforce the law, but give literally like just give random people like F-16s and maybe not nukes. We won't give them nukes, but like why the Second Amendment protects nukes? Give them nukes. (laughs) No, do do y'all think the Second Amendment protects Mm -hmm. nukes? No. I haven't. No, it's a the says right to, the me, right to bear arms or nukes are, arms. When the when the constitution. Well, if you use it, the constitution was written, arms were defined as yeah, what we what is what are guns now. No, here's the thing no, about because people um, could still, obviously people could have warships that could flatten cities. Here's the thing about laws and and law and the interpretation of like language in laws. There are three ways that we interpret how. A law should be followed or the ruling of a law. We look at statutes, so we look at how it was legislatively ruled, court rulings, and we look at like executive orders and then what the executive branch has done. So if you look at all those three of those factors, if you if you look at how the language has been interpreted in court hearings and in statute, technically arms, when they say arms race, they use the language in that is used to mean nukes. 
I could see that arms could also be protected under the Second yeah, Amendment. I mean, you if can we want to not protect arms, we need another constitutional amendment, which but I think that, everyone no, will so agree no. with. Wait, so you can look tanks, at it in some context. Are tanks considered arms? Yeah, people own tanks. I know people own tanks. Yes, they're, they're arms. I think okay, you so can draw... Okay, so military equipment, if it's... Artillery is arms. People own artillery. Vessels. So, you, John, you'd be okay with people owning nukes? No. Okay, well then... The We're just having fun no, here, Evan. No, no, but I think the Second Amendment, as it is written, protects them, and we need another constitutional amendment. Right now, the people who build nukes are private companies, so... It is private citizens possessing nukes. There's an ATF form to get permission to build a nuke. There's a lot of laws though that that limit what the yeah. I mean, yeah. Good luck do. filling out the form, but <laughs> yeah. there is a form. It's, they're not gonna get some random. Job. Imagine calling and being like, "How do I get this form? And who do I submit it to? Like, who are you? Like, I'm a college student from Western Kentucky. It's like, yeah, I I've, I acquired some uranium, <laughs> and I would like to test it out. <laughs> Awkward. All right, you want you wouldn't want to own a nuke, Evan. Um, there's some cities. No. Yeah, no. Portland, Portland, LA, DC. <laughs> no, you can't go to LA. Bomb DC. I'd rather you bomb LA than bomb DC. No, they can both go. DC is ugly anyway. Bomb any, <laughs> I want you to bomb any country or anywhere in the United States. DC is ugly. We need to get rid of it and build a new one. I think it's cool. I think we need to base it off of uh, European cities like Vienna and Budapest. God, you're so... God, here we go again. You're so pretentious about Europe. No, it's the, so much the, better. The architect... It's not better. It is far worse. <laughs> <laughs> the architecture... Every, you say yeah. everything is better except the government and like the, the way... The aesthetics are better. Like. Yeah, the, the architecture and food is better. Everything else is worse. What do you all think? I'd be interested. Like, if we could get rid of French people and take their land, I'm all for that. What do you all think is like American culture? Like, when you all think the United States, what do you think? American culture is everything. Everyone bases everything off of American culture. All TV is American. All music is American. Everything is just American. Apple pie, Wild West, and that cheeseburger, steaks, barbecue. War corruption. Like I've been to an American restaurant in Europe, and it's just barbecue and cheeseburgers. <laughs> Look at what these pigs over in the in, in the West eat. Yeah, in Wiesbaden, they have a restaurant called Das Burger that is just a burger joint, and they've got like pictures of New York on the walls. This is a nice segue into my next question, which is I'm going to ask both of you all this, Evan. What do you think it means to be an American? Is this like your uh, Tim Dillon impression? Because I think you uh, did it. No, a bit I'm just, I'm just curious. What does it mean to be an American? Um, in 2024. 2024. Um, I think to be an American um, means you are um, a critical thinker. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wait, are you asking me like what my ideal? Wait, like you, my no, ideal? No, no, no. What do you? Oh, like think? the average? I'm what average American. In ten words, what what does it what, mean to be an American? What does it mean to be an American? It doesn't have to be like in an, I, words. an idealistic like sense, it, or like no, 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 no. Just your perception. realistically, your perception. Just don't even let you, don't even like don't even think about like something um, intellectual. Just give me your opinion. Okay. I'm like the average. Eighteen American. years you've lived on this earth. Okay. Um, what do you think it means to be an American in 2024? Fat, not very smart. Um, 
<laughs> this is why Aaron Bushnell caught him, lit himself on fire. <laughs> this is. I don't know. I've got ten words that it is to be an American. <laughs> this is why people are lighting themselves on fire. All right. right. To be ahead. an American is to distrust the government. Because <laughs> everywhere else in the world, they have blind faith in their government. That's kind of cool, though. It's scary. <laughs> Blind faith in government is what got us World War II. You know what I think it means to be an American, and I'm not going to give this in 10 words. All right, I've got a question. Do you all think that the church should have influence in the American government? Absolutely. Ooh. I'm going to take 100%. that whole last part out because it didn't make any sense. <laughs> What last part? What do you mean? That is his whole story. My story about that. That is the answer I was expecting from the Catholic, all right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a totally... Wait, what, what, so Sh- what should was the your... church have influence in the government? Well, that's kind of an odd question. So you have people that are religious that work for in the government. So wouldn't they, wouldn't the church in some way? So in, in, indirectly, like, yeah. like in, like in France, their, um, freedom of religion is really freedom from religion. So religion can't influence your life at all. Should we live like that in America where religion doesn't affect anything coming from the government? No, I mean, I'm, I'm religious. So obviously I'm not gonna, I don't, I think that, I think that naturally religion I mean, religion is the basis for many people's lives, so obviously it's going to have an influence on the decisions they make. So, And if you work for the government, then, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with we shouldn't take away anyone's right to express their religious beliefs. Should government buildings have, like, crosses in them? If whoever's in charge orders them to have it, then yeah. But you're looking... You can't just look at it from a Christian standpoint. If we have a Muslim leader... Should we allow him or her to put up a? Yeah, you're shaking your head. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You kind of get into a so you know, okay, kind so of a weird area. That's with what. That. That's why I said the church should. Should Christians have? Right, you're talking about the Catholic influence. Church. Oh, should I think that one did not one yeah. religion should have control? Yeah, the the only church. <laughs> um, no, no, because I th- I believe in uh, freedom of expression and freedom of religion, so that means freedom of all religions. So uh, we shouldn't. We should not. Um, we should not um, adhere to only Christians, even though I am a Christian myself. I believe in freedom of religion, but um, to say that we can't, in in a public way, in government, in in these areas, we can't acknowledge. Um, we can't acknowledge the Christian okay. core of America. No. I think it's just silly, and the, you know the separation of church and state is the obvious um, rebuttal here. But when the when when you know the founders talked about that, the founders were Christian. Well, well, they were deists. Was, the country was ninety nine percent. A lot of them was. A lot of the founders were deists. Yeah. A lot of them were Freemasons. Yeah. Okay, nerd. They but, okay, but when America was founded, Same, it was ninety nine percent Christian. And you know, in the that's context of the time, be, right? They, Sorry. You know, when we Sorry. think of the when we think of the separation of church and state, we think, oh, we don't want the church interfering in the state. That it was, was actually bullshit. the that opposite. That was a letter that was it Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, that was a letter. That they Thomas were worried Jefferson about wrote. the that state. Was, that was never written yeah. in any laws. Interfering by no, with yeah, the church. Thomas Jefferson being scared right, that not, the government would interfere. That's just a phrase that everybody likes to say. It's no, there's but no real. It is relevant. No real statute yeah, the, for the, that. The founders did believe in the government not interfering with church practices. They did not. They did not believe in the opposite. They didn't think that church would not uh, correct. Okay, so that's, that's why we used to have that, prayer that in school. A good, that raises a good question. We used question. to have way more Christian uh, monuments if and that kind of thing. If government is an artificial institution, is religion? 
No, because religion is natural. So if religion is natural, then there should be a separation. If no, religion is natural and art and no, because government is artificial, then they should be separated. No, because the state is formed to curb sin. Sin is the natural state. You artificially create a state to curb sin. Making a great argument against libertarianism here. No, I'm making the church. No, you're making I'm a making, great argument against I'm libertarianism. The church argument. If everyone was a Christian, this wouldn't matter. <laughs> Which is why first you change the culture and make everyone a christian you can you can also enforce that from uh from the top down um, yeah but if you enforce it from the top down people are going to be happy with it and they're going to rebel against you so you have to change culture before you change government people aren't happy now well because well, yeah, we try because so people aren't happy because in the past 20 years the republicans turned away from culture and they tried to just focus on fiscal things and true. now instead of focus on, focusing on fiscal things they're trying to enforce culture from the top down instead of building a culture that people actually enjoy john i am going to impose something so you all think that uh, for both of you all you all think that we should base our government off christianic values yes okay it was you, based on Christianity. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> endowed by our creator. Endowed, I mean, the end of the argument is the fact that a creator yeah, and God was referenced. based on Christian values. In the founding documents. God was referenced in the founding documents, okay? The founders were not some, like, secular humanists. I, I know. I read, I've read <laughs> I've read all of right, these documents. I, of I agree with you. But, how, okay, but I'm talk, here's the thing. You all make these arguments like you, you all know. If, this is going to sound really, you know, you're going to like, oh, you're woke. You all are too white Christian individuals. So how would you explain this logic to a African-American who lives in an inner city African-American who's Muslim? What, how would you say who's, well, inner who is city African Americans are more who Christian than white Christian. people? <laughs> no, I'm saying so, so an era, so, so a, a Muslim, an era, yeah, so well, yeah, look. white people, but there are plenty of African-Americans are Christian. You, so no, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I was giving an example. I was giving an, an example of someone who is not your race and who is not your religion. Mm. So how yeah, would so, you explain so, that? So for Muslims, it is, if a Muslim can think critically, it is easy enough to convert them because they believe that Jesus existed but they don't. I don't think it's just. I don't think it's as easy. I don't think a devout. I don't think a devout. uh, Yeah, so someone that is devout and won't actually read the Bible won't get this out of it. But if you talk to them because they believe that Jesus existed and they believe Jesus was a prophet, they deny that Jesus said he was God. So if you show them and they are willing to listen that Jesus said he was God, that is a way you can convert convert them. Look, even if they're not converted, um, I mean, they can, they can still exist. We can, we can have them here peacefully. Um, but, so, I mean, even that if, doesn't mean we can't have a, we can't have a Christian um, government, Christian-inspired government. There's, no, there's nothing I, contradictory there. I, I think we should. I think there should be a separation there. I think we should have. I think we should have the freedom to have religion influence people. So you believe in a totally pluralist, like. No emphasis on one religion. It's a, dumb, it's a dumb argument because yeah. the system we have now, we have people who run the government who are of different religions, and the majority is Christian. So I don't see what you're just okay, promoting some utopia. Religion is significantly more. Religion is as long as it's always allowed to be expressed freely and never condemned, then it's naturally going to influence government and politics. So I don't think we should choose one religion over the other, even if the founders were. Um, Influenced by Christian moral values and the in the Bible, I yeah, but I one disagree. religion is right and the other is wrong. <laughs> so 
would you not want to base your government on the correct religion and not one that is full of things that don't help human flourishing? Well, I am a proud Christian, and I don't spend my time denouncing others' beliefs because I don't give a shit. Well, then, <laughs> well, to be a Christian means that you yeah you prophesize implicitly. Cri- yeah, Christians. If you're a Christian, Christians are you called to denounce other people's Muslims. religion. Maybe I'm not. So I'm. I'm. A, am I a bad Christian? If you don't prophesize, yeah, because that is the call of our religion. Oh, maybe I learned something new today then. All right, before we before we wrap up, I do want to say, well, you know, actually, I want to I want to entertain that idea. So I'm I'm kind of in a weird place, and I don't want to get too personal with my own beliefs, but uh, I'm in a weird place where I have, you know, you know, I was baptized in a Methodist church. Um, I am Methodist, but um, I've always believed in a in this higher being, a spiritual power, you know, life after death. Um, but I always, I don't know, I always felt it was wrong. I, I've i been to a couple of Baptist churches, and, um, you know, they would talk about the fa- false gods and, you know, the false prophets talking about Islam. And I always thought, like, it doesn't seem, even though, you know, you can read the Bible and you can interpret what the Bible says, it's still, for some morally, it feels wrong for me to denounce someone who's a strong believer um, of their religion in order to expand mine. I don't know. I just, I, I, you know, it's a universal practice and it's, but I just, uh, I don't think at all I we disagree should demean or like even denounce people. Um, that that's what you're that. saying. I mean, you're essentially no, saying that. No, denounce not, religion, not, not people. So no. you need to, you need to pay attention. Okay. Cause you know, you're denouncing saying, their religion. If you're denouncing that they're, if you're, if you're saying that they have a false. Okay. God. So you just said you're Christian. So that means inherently you Disagree. You denounce is you know Islam. You denounce Judaism. You denounce because because yeah. But I don't take it upon myself to go out and actively do that. <clears throat> I just I have my own beliefs, but I don't go out and tell others what they can do. Okay. So I mean, neither neither do I. So I don't know what, what you're getting at, but look. but you're telling me we should. But you're arguing for we should have a government that represents Christianity yes. openly. Yeah. I where's the contradiction? I disagree with that. Okay. Well, I mean that's okay, but. Look, um, you know, we can, we should, we should absolutely treat you know, others with respect and everything, but that doesn't mean that you can't um, be zealous about your beliefs. That doesn't mean that you can't, you know, yeah, your, your country that. can't represent um, the core of, you know, what the country was founded on. I mean, the country was founded on Western ideas are Christian ideas, okay? You can't separate Christianity and Western civilization, okay? They are bound together. Where was Western civilization born? In Rome, okay? Um, you know, and in, in Greece, obviously, but pre-Christianity. But look, I mean, Christianity John Locke, is is John bound Locke up with to, so John Locke Western the civilization. John Locke and the Enlightened thinkers influenced the founders. But if you go back and read the documents, yes, there's evidence that they were I mean, obviously they were deists, but um, they want <laughs> these same people did not want to get. They wanted the government to remain secular. No, they don't. They wanted the government not to inf- infringe on u- people's religions. They did not want the government to okay, but not be religious. The government, so the government re- remains secular by not taking away and not aiding or abetting to anyone else's uh, certain specific group's rights or, or religion. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, but that's not a secular so government. Then, you can have a Christian can, state that doesn't interfere with other people's religions. A lot of Christian states throughout the world have let Jews exist within them or let Muslims exist within them. You don't just because a government is Christian based doesn't mean it's kicking down the doors of mosques. Yes. I think it opens um, people to interpret it that way and then they would take it upon themselves to do that. Now, have you all heard about the Know Nothing movement in the uh, 1800s, mid 1800s? No. So they were an anti immigration movement against the immigration of Italians and Irish. And one of their claims were that the Irish were coming here to set up a papal state in Cincinnati. Yeah, there was a ton of Catholic discrimination yeah. in America. Well, I would I would take the idea of the know-nothings and I would turn it into a reality and actually create a papal state in Cincinnati. I think that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. So you're, are you like a full-on Catholic integralist? If you were to put a label on it? Uh, I don't know yet. I don't. I, I absolutely believe we should, you know, to some degree. Um, ha, you know, we should have prayers in school. We should have. Th- these are all should things the government that government mandate. That these are all things. Allow it. Allow it. Yeah. Um, these are all things that were the reality in America up until um, about seventy years ago. Yeah, I have nothing wrong with the school with the school having the choice to allow public schools. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not just private schools. Yeah, that's but, okay. But public school, that's really yeah, mean. private schools obviously allow prayer. Okay, so yeah, you I don't think public schools should exist. Public so. I'm a, no, I'm allowed. I I'm I want the schools to be allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. If they want to, if they want to practice Judaism or practice Islam, that's totally yeah, but fine. But if a public school is allowing Christian prayer. That means that the I will allow is any Christian. prayer. I don't give a fuck what prayer it is. I will allow any prayer. I don't think we should have a government being like, you can prayer, but it only has to. It can only be Christian because that's essentially a, that what a Christian government would do. What's yeah? <laughs> I mean, what I mean? What else would they do? Would they be like, we are a Christian government, but we are going to allow and change our and change it to allow schools to do whatever they want? Then what's changing other than them saying, oh, we're Christian? Well, Allowing nothing. prayer in public school. Yeah, right now public prayer isn't allowed in public school. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm I'm an advocate for that too. But if you're a Christian government, then obviously you're gonna allow it, but you're wouldn't you allow it for only Christian prayer and not I mean, yes. Islam? Yeah, but I yeah, in I don't school, think yes. So you think <laughs> Okay, in, in so yes, yeah, so yeah. in your mind because the values that come out of Islam aren't conducive to creating a flourishing flourishing society. But you're libertarian. So okay, so you you want like a pseudo Christian libertarian state where right. Yeah, that's we what I said. To, I, I, I disagree with John uh, uh, yeah. cuz that's why I think John I, I, I am a, because you you On this I don't know, but I, that's why I think like the whole libertarianism thing it's just not really compatible with Having um, like a Catholic integralist type worldview. Libertarians are simply, we want the federal government to have pretty much no power other than protecting our states. And we should allow each individual, everything should be privatized and we should allow each individual to literally do whatever they want as long as they don't violate other people's rights. That's essentially a liberal or... Yeah, when it comes down to schools, I don't think public schools should exist. So this isn't even an argument. No. That's fair. And we for public edu- well, we can have public education, but it shouldn't be ran by the federal government. And for religion, I think local communities will come together 
to uh, secure their religion within their communities. Why don't the Arabs just or Muslims create their own school? Yeah, if they want to do it, why up, don't the Christians create their own? If school? If they want to do it up in Michigan and Dearborn, exactly. they can do whatever they want in Dearborn. I don't right. want them exactly. in my community. Okay, then you just move to a community that's Christian. The government doesn't have to be Christian. They can just say, "Hey, why don't you just do whatever y'all want, and we won't interfere at all." What's wrong with that? Why does it have to be Christian? That's just your own personal. That's just you. There's no logic to it. It's just you personally being like, "Well, I have these beliefs." Of course, so there's I logic will. to it. There, the values. It's come, logical to you because you believe in Christianity. Well, yeah, values. You're not being the values to other that are. Believe. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm quite close-minded on religion because the values that create a functional and that's society. That's anti-democratic. Okay. Yeah, I never said I was a sure. Democrat. <laughs> no, I said it's anti-democratic. Yeah, no, I, it's, yeah, anti-li- exactly. it's anti-American. Yeah, right, you're arguing, your I'm arguing pro is liberal. It yeah. is a liberal, secular, like modern t- philosophy, like take. It's, okay, it's liberal for the, me to say that the, that public schools should be privatized and we just allow them to do whatever they want. In the, you, in the classical That is a liberal argument. Like, we need, classically sorry, liberal. That, I'm sorry, we needed to... We needed to uh, Right. Separate the two definitions. Like I have said, I am uh, socially conservative but fiscally liberal. So yeah, my am... social values are based on Christian values, and I am very conservative in those values. Fiscally, I want people to do whatever they want with their money. I am I am a Republican who is um, economically um. Uh, Republican, conservative, you know, um, I have my own values and I, I am very much pro limited government, but I am very much also pro military if that. And, and, but I also think that we should, we should, we should limit welfare to only the needy and we need to, um, we need to perfect the system so that people, so that bad actors cannot abuse the system. Well, that's very difficult to say, but I think that there are steps can be made. And whether that's limiting and, you know, trimming some of the fat in our um, bureaucracy, I think that's fine. Do I think we should just fire everyone immediately? No. So that's where, you know, we're going to, guys, here's what's the thing. We're going to differ, you know. We're not, we're all not going to have the same opinion. Well, yeah, we, we said that before. We all have different ideologies. And that's, what, and that's what's, that's what's beautiful about America is that we can sit here and talk about it. And there's not going to be some big brother that comes in and, you know, kills two of us and leaves the other one to come work for him, you know. Well, with the big government, with the big brother forming right now, they'd kill all three of us. <laughs> they would kill us for even just having higher thought. That's... <laughs> You would not be a good worker. We're gonna take you out. But before we wrap up, we've been we've been we've been here for a while. I want you all both, and I'll say something too, to just say something positive about America. Leave the people with something positive. Something you're hopeful for. America is the freest, most prosperous nation in human history, and we should continue on that path. I think we have a lot of great people here, and I think Despite a lot of the current problems, there's still a lot of untapped untapped potential in the country that should be realized. You know, I agree. I think we have, I think we have some of the best institutions. We have some of the brightest minds, the brightest people in STEM, in medicine. We have a lot of great people that work really hard, and a lot of great service members. And uh, it's unfortunate that we have some bad actors, but I think we could, maybe this future generation will weed them out. But uh, we'll see. 
So that wraps up today's podcast. Everybody have a good night and thank you. Kentucky Wesleyan College. Please don't sue us. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Braden Jennings. And I'm John Payment. And welcome back to this week's episode of Contemporary Insanity, a show that highlights and discusses the realm of American politics and interviews guests on the origins of their own political beliefs.